What's good, college football fans? Welcome back to another Week in Review podcast. It's week eight of the 2021 season here. Coming at you this week. Saw a lot of uh, crazy stuff, and let's start talking about that. The Illinois-Penn State game. Record nine overtime game. Illinois winning on the road in Happy Valley, 20-18. to uh, A very, very detrimental loss for Penn State, uh, which is really going to kind of get them almost out of this Big Ten East race that we talked about last week. Um, and you know, now it's just moving forward. We'll talk about Michigan-Michigan State here in just a few moments. Uh, let's look at some more of the top talk. Coastal Carolina and Oklahoma State both fall, losing their first game. App State beating the Chanticleers on Wednesday night, 30-27. to App State defending their home turf, winning that game. And then Oklahoma State losing to Iowa State on the road. Uh, Iowa State finally getting things back going after kind of a rocky start to the season. Uh, so Iowa State now back in the top 25. Um, some big-time stuff there for both teams on the upsets. Cincinnati and Oklahoma both avoid major upsets to remain unbeaten. Oklahoma about lost to Kansas this week. Um, very, very heads-up play if you didn't see it on fourth down by Caleb Williams, taking that ball out of Kennedy Brooks's hand to get that first down. Uh, big-time stuff there from Caleb Williams. He's played really, really well uh, since getting that starting job, getting that nod. Um, and then Cincinnati almost falling to Navy, winning 27-20. to um, you know, Navy's a tough team to scout for, but Cincinnati is, you know, a much better team than Navy and really should be beating them by a lot more. So it's not a move to the biggest disappointment. It's pretty obvious it's Penn State. Um, and I think almost it's Penn State, not exactly that they lost. You also kind of got to throw in James Franklin in this conversation. Um, obviously, Penn State losing at home to Illinois can't happen. Um, didn't play well. Uh, and they've they've shown they're capable of playing better, but you can't have slip-ups like this when your backs are against the wall, you know, already having lost one conference game, still fighting for a chance to get in the playoff, and now, you know, that, that playoff dream is out. I mean, then you throw James Franklin kind of in the mix here, and you look at it, and James Franklin, you know, super hot coaching name right now, you know, being on campus here at USC, he's, he's the name right now. Um, it's like James Franklin and Luke Fickle. Um, and I think James Franklin now, after losing to Illinois, not saying he's not going to get the job, but that, you know, kind of hurts his his chances, I think, you know, when you've, you know, got a chance to, you know, run the table, make the playoff, win the Big Ten, you lose at home to Illinois in, in nine overtimes, like, come on, man. Like, it's, it's a little tough there uh, for him to kind of hurt his job status there. Uh, but we'll see kind of what happens moving forward. Obviously, Luke Fickle still coaching really, really well. You know, I'll kind of keep you guys up to date on this USC coaching search from what I hear. Um, and if I have anything from the inside, that I'll let you know. Um, if it's okay to share. So let's now move into this discussion section. And I said we'd get back to this Big East, Big Ten East battle, excuse me. Um, and we're looking at a really, really good game this weekend. Michigan, Michigan State, big noon game on Fox. Don't want to miss that one. I'm probably going to get up early out here on the West Coast for a 9 a.m. kick. Really want to watch this game. Should be super, super interesting. So let's talk about the keys to this game. Obviously, this is a really, really big game for both teams. Um, it's looking like now that both these teams are very, very capable of beating Penn State. And I don't want to dog on Penn State for having lost this game. Obviously, some teams slip up, don't have great games. But, you know, Penn State, they looked very beatable in that game. They looked pretty beatable in the Iowa game, too. Sure, Sean Clifford was out for most of that game, but still. Um, I think both these teams are better than Penn State. So I think the winner of this game really has a chance, you know, beat Penn State, beat Ohio State. You know, it's looking like you're in the playoff at this point if you can beat Iowa, um, which I think both these teams are capable of doing. Uh, so back to the keys of the game. So first key, who runs the ball better and who has better run defense? Running is going to be the biggest, um, I guess both rushing and rush defense is going to be the biggest key to this game, in my opinion. You look at the, the running backs on both teams, you've got Kenneth Walker, Heisman candidate uh, from Michigan State, 997 yards, nine touchdowns this season. You look at uh, Blake Corum, 
from Michigan also having a fantastic season. 729 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, both these teams are really, really good. If you look at your, your rush yards per game, um, you know Michigan's getting about 250 yards a game, whereas Michigan State at about 200. Uh, so both these teams do really, really good on the ground. And then rush yards allowed. Uh, you're looking at 121 for Michigan State's defense, 116 from Michigan. This is a very, very even game when it comes down to stats. Um, and so the next key to this one is who's going to win the turnover battle. It's, it's a key to every game, a key to every big game. You know, can you minimize turnovers and capitalize off, you know, big, big chances? I mean, I think this turnover battle, I think what you're really going to have to do is win that first key. You're going to have to win the run game. And if you can win the run game and especially establish the run defense, you're, you're sitting pretty good in this one. I'm not saying both quarterbacks are bad. They're not bad by any chance. They start for big teams. They've had good seasons. Look at Cade McNamara. He just hasn't put up elite numbers, in my opinion. He's got 1,015, 115 yards, but only five touchdowns and an interception. You know, obviously, they're really, really relying on Blake Corum on the ground to get most of their offense done. And then you look at Peyton Thorne from Michigan State. Uh, 1,701 yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. So I think, you know, it's looking more favorable in Michigan State's um, – on Michigan State side, but if you can force the other team to throw more than run, I think you've already started to win that battle. Um, and now the last uh, last key to this one, I think you got to capitalize on special teams. Um, both these teams are very very even. Like I said in stats, you look at points per game: thirty-seven points per game for Michigan, thirty-four points per game for Michigan State. Points allowed per game: fourteen for Michigan, eighteen. Michigan State. It's really, really close. So in close battles like this, turnovers, special teams really matter. You know, getting those extra points, getting those field goals, getting good kick returns, punt returns, getting good field position. It's really, really going to matter in a big game like this. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top. Games at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan's been having a really good season. Michigan State's been having a really good season. Um, I'm really, really excited to watch this one. I hope you guys will tune in. Like I said, big noon. Uh, so 12 p.m. Eastern time on Fox should be a really, really fun one to watch. So let's now transition into another top team, and it's Cincinnati. We've talked about them all season, how well they've played. Luke Fickle, you know, almost having a job interview this, this year coaching, um, and he's really succeeded in doing so. He's beat some big teams, you know, beat Indiana, beat Notre Dame. Um, they wiped UCF. Um, but then you look at, you know, a weekend like they just had against Navy. 27-20, just a narrow victory. This is the thing that people worry about, these kind of mid-major teams making a big splash. You know, can they really stay consistent all season? Can they really keep blowing out opponents? You know, will they slip up and lose a game they shouldn't? Um, and I think, you know, Cincinnati, in my opinion, like they didn't win super convincingly against Navy, but is Cincinnati still a lock to be in the playoff if they went out? Um, and I would say, under normal circumstances, no. Um, I think you're going to have to keep winning convincingly throughout the season, but... In this case, this season, I think too much crazy stuff has already happened that I, I think they are a lock. You know, they're number two in the AP poll for a reason. Obviously, the AP poll doesn't mean anything until the college football playoff rankings are released here in a few weeks. Um, but I don't expect Cincinnati to be thrown around like UCF was. UCF was highly respected in the AP poll, you know, back when they were doing really good under Scott Frost. And then the, the playoff rankings came out, and they were, you know, out of the top ten. It's, you know, it was kind of stupid. But I really think Cincinnati, you know, deserves to be where they are in the AP rankings. And I think they're going to stay there in the college football playoff rankings. Um, I think they need to keep winning games convincingly, but I don't think they need to be blowing the teams out left and right every single game. Um, Cincinnati, obviously, they don't have the, the toughest road ahead of them uh, coming up. I mean, it's in the American Conference. It's not the greatest conference in the world. 
Um, but you look at their games remaining. They play at Tulane. Tulane's really struggled this season, but Tulane has played teams really, really closely. Um, so definitely keep your eye on that one. You got Tulsa, USF, SMU, circle that one, um, and that East Carolina to finish up the season. SMU obviously is the next best team in the American, in my opinion. They've played really well all season. They haven't lost a game. Um, and I think SMU's another team, if they run the table and beat Cincinnati and undefeated, like why shouldn't they be in the conversation to be in the playoff? So it'll be very interesting to see kind of, you know, if those two teams are still undefeated um, when it's all said and done, when they play each other. It should be really interesting to see what happens. But I think Cincinnati is definitely favored in the rest of these games they've got. I think they went out. I mean, I just don't see a reason why you wouldn't put them in the playoff, even if it's not a blowout every single game. All right, last thing I want to talk about here is the Alabama defense. Uh, we saw Bama play a pretty putrid, uh, like, two-and-a-half quarters. Yeah, two-and-a-half quarters this weekend against Tennessee. I'm not dogging on Tennessee. Tennessee's actually – their record doesn't exactly suggest how well they've played this year, in my opinion. Um, they've lost some really close games, lost a close one to Ole Miss, um, lost a close one to Pitt. Pitt's really, really good this season. Kenny Pickett, quarterback at Pitt, having a fantastic season. You saw the way he played against Clemson this last week. Um but the Bama defense, really the big question mark is, is the secondary. The secondary has got to get better. We watched Zach Calzada, A&M, kind of have a rocky start to his season, you know, coming off the bench, uh, replacing Haynes King as a quarterback for Texas A&M, and just carved up Alabama after he really struggled against Arkansas. Um, but, I mean, he carved up Alabama. And the thing is, the secondary for me, growing up as an Alabama fan, it's always been – the weakest link in the defense. Uh, obviously, Nick Saban knows what he's doing because he's won, you know, so many national championships and you know, a billion. It feels like a bam in the last few years, but the secondary always it just surprises me. I feel like the DBs never get their head around a lot of pass interference calls. You know, my dad and I even talk. You know, third and seventeen is Bama's weakness. Um, if you look at the numbers between the pass defense and the rush defense per game, two hundred nineteen passing yards versus ninety rushing yards a game um so the rush defense obviously is playing fantastic I mean, you got will anderson up there phil mathis uh christian harris uh the linebacker position uh the bama front seven is really really good um but you got to have strength in the secondary we know haven't seen brian branch play great this year jalen armor davis hasn't played incredible josh job you know still kind of bouncing back and forth um jordan battle obviously you know strong safety has honestly in my opinion been the best secondary player for alabama this season um, but I think you've got to be playing better in the secondary, especially when you come against teams like Georgia. Um, you know, looking ahead, I don't you know don't want to look ahead too much. But if Bama wins out, Georgia wins out. You know, for Bama to win it in, and for Georgia, you know, I think if they're undefeated, I think they can still afford to lose a close one and still be in. Uh, but Bama's really going to have to be playing super good if they're going to beat Georgia. And like right now, I would say. I don't think Bama has a shot to beat Georgia, but I think if they can clean up that secondary, it's really going to allow them to you know, have a chance to beat Georgia. Um, you know, you look, Georgia's got a great run game. Uh, really ran the ball really well this year with Samir White, James Cook. Um, but, I mean, between JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett, uh, they've been throwing the ball really well, especially Stetson Bennett, man. Mr. Efficiency, as I call him. Really, really efficient with his numbers, and he's a really good passer. you got Brock Bowers, the tight end uh, for Georgia, having a phenomenal freshman season. Um, so definitely some question marks there. Uh, the Bama secondary, if they're going to want to get you know, all their ducks in a row and be able to beat Georgia when it comes time, if they're able to make it there. All right, let's finish up here with bowl prediction and awards. My bowl prediction of the week. I was just talking about this team earlier, SMU, having a really, really good season. They've got a big test this weekend, though, playing Houston on the road. And Houston this season really has had a much better season than 
they have in the past. Lost their first one to Texas Tech, 38-21. Since then, have won out. Uh, SMU this week, in my opinion, is on upset alert. Um, my bold prediction is Houston's going to beat SMU this weekend. Um, I think Dan Holgerson's really kind of rallied his troops, finally getting his feet underneath him at Houston. Um, and I think that Houston you know, could win a big game this week um, and really kind of put their name on the map. Obviously, I don't think they're pushing for playoff contention right now, but I think they have a really good shot at beating SMU. And I think they will. All right, let's finish up here with the awards. Team of the week this week, Appalachian State, uh, making a big-time statement win against Coastal Carolina. You know, I wanted to say Illinois going on the road to beat Penn State, but Appalachian State, you know, kind of needed this win. And if you want to think about it, App State's been the dogs in the Sun Belt, you know, for a while. And then Coastal Carolina, really, under Jamie Chadwell, has just played really, really good. Grayson McCall, obviously, holding down that fort. They've been really good the last two seasons. They've really kind of taken App State's reign away from them. And App State finally, you know, said, enough with this. We're winning this football game, and they did that. Um, so big-time stuff from App State there, team of the week. And then player of the week. Didn't really touch on this team a lot, but Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman, man, played a great game against a shootout against Army. 70-56, to Wake won that game. But Sam Hartman, 23 of 29, 458 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, big-time stuff from the Wake Forest quarterback. Obviously, in my opinion, I think they're still making a push for that playoff. Um, they're going to have to get past Pitt um, if, once it's all said and done. Obviously, I don't think Pitt has much of a shot at the playoff, but Kenny Pickett is playing really, really well for the Panthers. Pat Narduzzi's really got his guys going. Um, he's a very, very tough coach to coach against. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So thank you guys all for tuning into Week Eight podcast. Um, see you back next week for Week Nine. Make sure catch some good games this week. That Michigan Michigan State game, a little bit on the earlier side, but I wouldn't want to miss it if I were you. See you guys next week.